Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun, our weekly podcast with stories and interviews about the weather and climate. Well, here we are. Turn the calendar from June to July. We've reached the fifth episode of our special series, which strives to get you ready for everything that summer has to offer. And so as we go through this weekend that marks the cornerstone of the American summer for many, many things about this Independence Day weekend will be much different than those of recent years. As numbers of COVID cases begin to grow again, states that were once welcoming travelers and visitors are now starting to put more restrictions back into place. And while businesses and many weary travelers alike are unsure what the rest of their summer holds, one of the highlights of my summers in the past In fact, my whole year, in fact, has been my involvement in the Macy's Fireworks in New York City every 4th of July. I'll talk to Tent and Wind, Sonia Rincon and Larry Mullins about what that means for us and the folks in and around New York City and why fireworks may not be as popular this year in many places as they have been in the past. Then we'll talk to Dr. E. He'll help me deal with some of that depression as this uh, summer season with COVID-19 and All the other things going on in our society continues to keep us uh, and really looking for answers and ways to deal with things that aren't as good as we would like them. Then you've been bugging us to talk about the mosquito threat for this summer, and we'll talk with a representative of Mosquito Joe. Uh, That company fights mosquitoes, and we'll talk about just how many mosquitoes we expect. And then our good friend Dave Samuel will join us to talk about this upcoming Independence Day weekend weather and beyond as we get into the month of July. Friends, it's time to talk about everything under the sun. Eleven years ago, as my involvement on our flagship radio station from AccuWeather in New York City, Tent and Winds began to grow, station manager Ben Meverack and I concocted a plan to bring me out into the open. At the annual Macy's Fireworks broadcast, I'd be on site giving the latest weather forecast. The last couple of years prior to that, they'd been knocked out by some thunderstorms, and Ben thought it would be a good idea to have us live and on site. Well, we did that, and while my involvement in that situation has grown, it has become really a couple of things. One, an amazing achievement to be sitting there with hundreds of thousands, millions of people around you broadcasting the weather and waiting for one of the most amazing displays of fireworks you'll ever seen. I get to do that with some of my best friends and family, the people that I've come to know and love that work with me and also then listen to our great radio station, 1010 Winds. We're all going to miss that this year. Macy's not doing the big fireworks display, obviously with the concerns over COVID, but I thought I'd Check in with my friends, Sonia Rincon and Larry Mullins, anchors and reporters on 1010 Winds, about how they're handling their depression at not being able to do the Macy's Fireworks broadcast. So, yeah, in some ways, I was looking forward to this. And in some place, ways, I guess I'm a little depressed. I mean, I you don't know how much I look forward to spending time 
with my Wins family and including these two amazing folks, Larry and Sonia. It's great to have you with me here. I know you're feeling it too, that uh, we're just something missing. Obviously, everything that's going wrong in our world right now, but just those little normalcy things that we kind of set our lives on right now. It's just all in turmoil. And this was a big event for all, a lot of us uh, in New York City, in the area, and on the Wins family. It was a real sense of pride of, that we do here. Yeah, it truly was a, or is a big deal. I say is because, uh, you know, I'm crossing my fingers that it'll be back next year. But not being able to go down and, and take part in this with you guys, with, you know, so many thousands of people who pass through there, you know, while we're doing the show. I'm going to miss that. It won't feel like the 4th of July, I guess is what I'm saying. I agree. Um, because we're all sequestered, you know, uh, in our respective places. In fact, right now, can we do a can we do a virtual group hug? Oh, yes. Over the radio. OK, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Dean, you're squeezing me. You're hurting oh, my no, hand. Sorry, my a little hand. tight. See, I guess, Sonia, people just don't understand how much fun we have bringing this broadcast and this event to people, giving them all the information. But then well, the, the joy we get back, too, from it and, you know, informing people, right? I've had people tell me, God, you guys sound like you're having so much fun. People who tune in and who tune in for the soundtrack or, you know, who, who happen to tune in every year, a lot of our friends. And they say, wow, you guys really sound like you're having a blast. And it is kind of unique for the listener because it's one of the few times, probably the only time some years every year that uh, wins breaks format and just goes into like party mode. You know, we yeah. don't have one story after another, after another. They they go to us live for these segments that get longer and longer and longer until the show. And the news is kind of phased out for a little while and wins just takes a little break from the format for the 4th of July. And it's a lot of fun and people can tell that it's fun for us. And it's impromptu too. Remember a long time ago when we had first started doing this, they would give us a script. <laughs> and we kind of ripped that up, right? Stick to this And in the last couple of years, uh, we've thrown the script away and it's, it's a party. You know, it's a 4th of July party piggyback off of, of what Sonia was saying. Yeah, when people listen in and they feel like, sounds like you guys are having so much fun, keeping it real, we are having an absolute blast down there. And I'm going to miss that. That's a huge void right now for me. I think and we talk to people in the crowd about what the 4th of July means to them. And a lot of people overlap and feel similar things, but a lot of people bring us unique little stories here and there about what the day means to them and you know, a lot of the folks who are at that particular gathering are affiliated with Macy's. And for them, this is a really big deal, too, because it's something that their bosses do for them. They give them the day off and they allow them to feel like VIPs at this particular event. And you really hear that from them, that this is kind of something special. Now, let's backdrop against what's going on now. I mean, what's really sad to me, not only are we going to miss this amazing event, but in some ways, fireworks has become, um, and I hate to use a, a pun here, but a lightning rod or a, a, an explosive point in people's uh, lives because in the major metro areas like New York City, they're not a special occurrence now. They're a nightly occurrence in many neighborhoods, and it's not going over well. And I just wanted to have you both speak to that here as we go into this holiday weekend. And I think because everyone's accustomed to everybody gathering together, the family, you know, the friends, everybody meet up down on the river or wherever we are uh, to not be able to do that. This is such, you know, the fireworks in New York City for the 4th of July. That's, you know, that's a part of the fabric. That's part of the city's DNA and not being able to do that. People take it kind of personal. And I think 
you know, to come back and say, well, we're going to do, you know, we're going to do it every night of the week leading up to the 4th of July in five minute spurts. I don't know if that cuts it for New York City. You know, I was I was sitting in my uh, living room the other night and heard boom, boom. Thought it was thunder because we had just gotten over a thunderstorm and looked out and there were fireworks going off. For a moment, I thought I'd jumped the gun and overslept Fourth of July. <laughs> so, right. do you get a, a feeling of defiance or uh, almost anger because of uh, why highlight something that isn't necessarily a popular thing right now? Yeah, I mean, I've been hearing boom boom every night here in the Bronx. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't <laughs> no, no, it's been it's been for the last several weeks, and so it's been you know, unannounced, sporadic fireworks, but fireworks have become a little bit less special this year because they're so regular now and because it's not that big one show that brings everyone together this year. But 2020 has just been a weird year. It's been a tough year. Yeah, all around. I I agree with that. And and just to kind of put a little bow on this, I think one reason that we can do what we do on this event and so many other things and what it has proven to me that 1010 Wins can do is adapt to the situation. And I know um, I haven't had a chance to speak to many of you in person. I talked to Glenn Shuck a little bit Uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking mostly about COVID and how New York was handling it. But I know how proud you are of your fellow colleagues who have put themselves in harm's way with the virus, with the violence, with everything else that's going on in New York City. We've been doing it from uh, less than seller conditions, uh, mapped out all over the city and beyond. And yet uh, the quality of 1010 Winds and all the amazing intercom radio stations that we work with at AccuWeather and and you folks work with, it's just been amazing to me. You know, you keep hearing people tell you radio's dead. I, I don't see that. I think it's stronger than ever with what's been happening here, especially on our station in the last few weeks. I agree. I agree now more than ever because uh, more people are at home now. They don't have a whole lot of time, you know, to stare into the TV. They got to keep busy. They got to keep it moving. And they tend to come to wins whenever the, the, the quote unquote big story breaks. This has been the big story for a while and will be the big story for a while. And so we're better to go and get that nice, compact, you know, update on what's really happening in our world than to go to to attend 10 wins. And I'm proud to be a part of it. You know, I, I feel like it gives me more of a kinship knowing that, OK, I'm hunkered down with everybody else. You know, I'm, I'm operating by satellite and telecommunicating as well. Uh, and to be able to continue to do it at the level that we do it. It's a proud moment every time I go on the radio here. I love hearing the work of our colleagues. I love listening and we carried the daily briefings for a long time while those were going on and, and those were brand new to everybody, everybody listening at the same time because they were live. And then our reporter colleagues going out and doing a lot of legwork, talking to people, getting the stories, finding out what's happening and covering these social justice protests too. I think what folks are finally realizing is, you know, you bigger national media glosses over what's really important on the smaller scale, but a station like 1010 Winds can really provide that focus for people that have to live in these conditions every day, not just have it kind of briefly mentioned in a 30 second news package, right? The 1010 Winds cares and these local stations care about its listeners, which is why we uh, care that we're not going to be together on the 4th of July. You know, I go back to, uh, we concocted this idea to bring the weather guy on site with Ben Meverack, <laughs> our uh, fearless leader. 
Ben wasn't able to be with us last year. And I don't think that's going to hit me harder that it's been two Fourth of July's I don't get to spend with Ben. I know he's uh, been extremely busy, Ivan and all the rest of the folks behind the scenes in the management with the station. I, I think we'll be back next year. I hope we will because I don't know what summers are going to be like. I guess we'll find out, but I may give you guys a call about 10 o'clock on uh, Saturday evening and just uh, figure out what we're all doing at that time. Okay. We'll be there. We'll be there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Dean. It's great to see you. you. Great to see you. And happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. You know, again, I want to take a moment to thank not only the people that I work with on site during that uh, broadcast, but also all the amazing 1010 Wins people behind the scenes who uh, get us in the position to be able to do such an exciting and impactful broadcast. And we all are looking forward to doing it again next year. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to shift our opening focus here. And really, it's a visit that is right in time for me and I think for you. We welcome back Dr. E to the broadcast. He'll talk about how we've been over the last few weeks, how we're dealing with some of the disappointments and joys of summer, how the fireworks that we see and hear in the sky, well, what we can do to keep them from boiling over with our friends and family when we see things we don't disagree. All that and more coming up on Everything Under the Sun. Listen to Weather Insider every weekday for a discussion on trending weather news with me, Bernie Reno, and Evan Myers. You'll get detailed insight into major weather events and learn the why behind the weather. Just subscribe to Weather Insider on your favorite podcast platforms today. Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Dean DeVore. We certainly thank Sonia and Larry for joining me and talking about one of my highlights of my summer, the Macy's 4th of July fireworks, obviously not happening in the way it's normally going to happen. And that's really a big theme now of this summer of 2020. And we welcome into this podcast a gentleman who became very good friends with us here during our COVID series. In fact, appearing in all but I think one of those 10 episodes, we welcome in Dr. Eric Fisher. And Dr. E, I'm just going to do this like it's my session right now, because I think some <laughs> of the things that I'm going through, my friend, are what we all have gone through. Dr. E, if you don't know, licensed a psychologist, you'll see him many times on uh, many of the news programs on Fox and MSNBC, CNN. Um, he's written two books, and he really kind of hones in on that kind of relationship between how we're feeling, how we're doing, also with the weather, and also kind of tying uh, both together to talk about some of the things that we can use and some of the strategies we can use to get through. First of all, my good friend, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's it's been a bit. Uh, time has flown by, but uh, you know we're all coping and trying to take care of our health, both mentally and physically. So uh, so far, so good. I think the last time we talked, we were just kind of turning that calendar from May to June, and here we are, getting into this first weekend of July, and and a really seminal weekend, Eric. Uh, when it comes to the summer. For many mm -hmm. of us, I mean, it's the cornerstone of the American summer celebration, Independence Day, celebrating the birth of our nation. And yet uh, so many things, there's a dichotomy going on right now. 
things right. that we should be happy about and excited about. Like I just talked about with my friends, excited about a fireworks display that we've come to love and enjoy. And yet it's going to be different. And actually fireworks now in many of our major metropolitan areas are not a welcome thing because they're getting too many of them on a regular basis. Yeah, it's just a tough time. I mean, what we're in the last four or five weeks since we talked, what are some of the highlighted things that you've noticed uh, as you've looked at things as a psychologist? Well, you know, the troubling issues I think we have to look at are really have to do with the emotions that we've been feeling and the ways that we express our power connected to those emotions. You know, we see, and I think underneath a lot of this are feelings of helplessness, powerlessness, feeling out of control, feeling hopeless about when is this going to go away. And, you know, there's been a great phrase that said, you may be done with COVID, but COVID is not done with you. And the other side of this are a lot of the protests that we're seeing that are really about people pursuing finding equity for for all. And that's what we want to see that our country was created as I say, a, a great social experiment that still may be in the test tube of history. But we created this country for everyone ultimately to find freedom as maybe our original the original tenets of what we say when all men are created equal might have been different back then even more now so we're trying to assert that fight and justify our search for liberty our search for truth our search for happiness so as we look at this holiday i think yes we think of the fireworks we think of the parties we think of having burgers with friends and being at the beach and doing those things i think also just like we talked about at memorial day you know we want to think about what our country stands for more so and that is the right for all of us to have our life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, not just the ones in power, not just the ones who want to take their fair share more than others, but we have to learn to respect everyone in this great country of ours. You know, one of the things when we were getting ready for the conversation, and sometimes I have to say, Dr. E, stop. This is good stuff. We want to do this in the podcast. We want to talk about this in the podcast. But one of the things we got to was, you know, with everyone seemingly getting more and more anxious to be outside, being amongst friends, being amongst family. We've seen a degradation in the um, maybe respect for social distancing. We've seen a degradation in people's responsibility and feeling that they need to stay masked in places where they don't necessarily want to be masked. Uh, And I think as we go through this weekend, many of us are going to confront no matter where we are on the spectrum of all those things, we're going to confront very full-faced the opposite of that. And there's going to be a temptation to react in a certain way and those kinds of things. Talk me through about that. When I think one way and I see somebody so blatantly acting another way, how can I work through that to kind of make sure that, yes, I'm respecting myself and my opinions, but also kind of letting other folks know that maybe they're not acting as responsibly as I think they should? Well, I think what's really kind of suffering in our country are communication skills, dialogue skills. And in that people have, a, have tend to have a sense of entitlement that I deserve this. It's my fair share, which can appear very selfish. And in that they've also lost the ability to see life through the eyes of others because we have to defiantly 
hold on to our own viewpoint. And the purpose of defiance is it lets us hold on or wants us to hold on to the power we have and not give it up almost at any cost. Then what we also protect ourselves with is hatred and hatred pushes us away from things we feel can threaten us. And we have rage that protects us when we feel in fear of our life, our integrity feels threatened. So whether it's about masks or equality, or the protests, or all this stuff. It's all about these angers, these emotions that are protective, and they're protecting our feelings of helplessness, hopelessness, powerlessness. So when we see people are doing things different than us, it feels uncomfortable, and we can feel violated, betrayed, angry. And there was a video I saw of somebody, a woman in a uh, Trader Joe's who didn't wear a mask, and people were just almost accosting her and shaming her. And I think we want to look at what is the outcome we're seeking? Are we trying to help somebody be mindful of their actions and their effect on others? Or are we wanting just to bash somebody because we feel frustrated? And I think potentially the way we want to look at approaching it is often we think, well, I expect this person to react to me or to react with anger. So I'm going to attack them first versus saying, I hope you could be aware of the courtesy that I would like for you to wear a mask because it helps me to protect me. And it also helps to protect you. And we're all in this together. And I wonder if people approach that from a center of calm rather than a center of defensiveness, if we might see some different outcomes, obviously not every time, but be aware of that. Be aware of if you want to have people over social distance, you know, set up your chairs at your house. If you're going to have a cookout, set them up six feet apart. Make sure people, you're asking them to wear masks if they're not eating or have a box of masks for people to wear. If they come and say, I want to visit with you, I want to enjoy our time together, and I hope we can do that. And please, for my comfort and my family's comfort, if you could observe this, that would be great. If you feel like you can't and you don't want to, then you know, hopefully we'll see another time. We're talking with Dr. E, Dr. Eric Fisher. You can follow him on Twitter at D-C-T-R-E. That's kind of like shorthand for Dr. E. That's at D-C-T-R-E. And one of the things that uh, Dr. E helps us with here at AccuWeather.com is uh, you look uh, work with our network on, on, on some things. And what have you been talking about with them and, and, and some of the, the things that you've been doing for them in the last couple of weeks as it relates not only to these topics, but dealing with summer and the weather as well? Well, you know, in the Daily Dose of Sunshines, those are now airing on Mondays and Fridays in the 8 a.m. hour. They show multiple times through the day as well as air on the on the website, the digital. What I talked about on, you know, on, on Fridays, last Fridays, was whether or not to wear a mask and the things to consider pretty much like what I said is considering our own health, but also other people's and to be courteous about other people's needs. This Monday was about talking about having people together, how to do that in conversation because People are feeling stressed about potential conflicts and conversation. So, you know, that one I talked about, let's keep it light. Let's just catch up, you know, and, and let's kind of keep the politics and keep some of these other things just out of today so we can just enjoy each other. And it's okay to create guidelines. I also talked about whether or not you take a vacation because I think we have to consider all the factors that we can't control or manage when we're outside our home. Yet people also like feel like, well, it's something I do every year. I have to do it. I'm like, you really don't. Especially with folks that haven't been able to do so much this summer. When they do do something, they want it to be perfect. And right. life is not perfect. I mean, so we, we really have to temper our expectations. So if you pick 
three or four days to go away and you're going to the beach and it happens to rain those three or four days, figure out a way to make that enjoyable. Yes, you didn't get the sun, but maybe you saved yourself a sunburn, right? You could always look at the positive situation. Well, life is what happens when you're making plans, you know? So I think we want to understand that, you know, as long as we try to hold on to the control, the idea of perfection, what are we doing to make our life more of a struggle than just learning to go with the flow. And I think in some ways, if we're looking for, you know, as we've talked about a lot of the Zen cones we've talked about, you know, through our meetings is, again, being able to go with the flow, learn, being able to use what life gives you rather than feeling like you have to be in, in control of those factors. It seemed, Doctor E, about a couple of weeks ago. You know, we were making progress. Uh, we were, we were, we had pushed down the curve. At least, if you look at everything, and then now we've gotten the surge. I've heard some people want to blame certain segments of the population for that. I'm hearing a lot of people say, "Oh, this is the young people surge right now." I've also, for younger people, I think this is tough because. There was all these thoughts, oh, we're going to have a normal fall. I mean, I felt that two or three weeks ago, that the fall was going to be normal. Sports could be normal. May not have everybody in the stadium, but sport. But now I'm not feeling that way, right? As we get towards this weekend, I'm feeling that kind of pendulum swinging the other way. Uh, talk me about through talking with our family members about keeping them on an even keel when the news goes back and forth between good and bad. Right. Well, I I think one of the things that, you know, we want to say it's the youth that are the problem. I mean, if we look at a lot of our history in our country, people often wanted to point, want to point at the youth of the problem as the problem. But if we look at it, where did our youth get their direction from, their guidance from, their structure from? Us. This happened on, in essence, our watch. And we have people in positions of leadership who aren't even modeling pragmatic methods to try to manage their behaviors and actions. So what message does that send when the head of the family does that? So we might want to say this is an issue with kids and what they're doing. But I can tell you from what I've seen just around, you know, here in Georgia, there are a lot of adults and older adults who just almost defiant, like I said, or it's like they want it. They don't want to look uncool because they're wearing a mask because they're worried about what other people think really is what it comes down to, or they want to express their defiance and power over. But we have to see that again, talking about this saying we as a country, because you look at, you look at New Zealand, they had what they had a rugby match with people side by side, nobody wearing masks. Japan has almost zero growth now, almost down to a level. So we have to look at our country and say, maybe our assertion for independence as a country is a little arrogant and possibly comes from a place of ignorance and defiance in terms of finding a mutual respect for each other to express our liberty in concert with people, not our power over people. And these are things to talk about as families. These are things to talk about as communities, and they are hard discussions. I just believe right now we have to have a hard discussion, and really we have to see Who are we willing to listen to and talk to through these discussions? So, you know, as we're finding the surges are coming from, you know, where are they coming from and why? What are the dynamics? Look at the deeper dynamics of those cultures and see why that's happening. And and again, have those honest, difficult discussions. In our weekly visits uh, in the COVID series, uh, Dr. E would uh, go into his uh, cards and pull out a Zen cone. Are you ready to do that here as we wrap up here this week? So I already had in mind one, and that one is a weed is a treasure and a treasure is a weed. (laughs) 
<laughs> a weed is a treasure and a treasure is a weed. You know, sometimes you need an imperfection to show you what you need to attain. And then other times, all you can see when you've attained so much is maybe the thing that you didn't quite get right and you get stuck on that. Right. And, and one of my daily dose of sunshines, I, I filmed in my compost pile. And I talked about how compost is made of what people might call refuse. Of I put coffee grounds in there and eggshells and leaves and, and grass clippings and all those things. It can some really great things in the end, Dr. E. I know, exactly. GQ, it becomes right? the foundation of what helps things grow. So that's where we have to see is often again, the things that we feel are refuse, one man's junk should become our treasure. Dr. E, I've grown talking to you. I appreciate uh, all your time with us. And um, maybe as we get towards the end of this summer series, we'll check in again as we get ready for what could be a busy fall. We just don't exactly know right yet. Absolutely. Well, I'll look forward to it. It's always a pleasure. Thanks again, Eric. I just can't thank you enough for your visits during our, our COVID coverage and certainly this one. And we'll be checking in again. Uh, as you he mentioned, you can check him out on his Facebook page. It's basically if you want to use the same handle like his Twitter handle, it's DCTRE, or you can put it in his name, Eric, E-R-I-K Fisher. Again, that's Dr. Eric Fisher, Facebook or Twitter at DCTRE. And Dr. E will join us again. When we come back, we'll take a swat at how many mosquitoes you might be swiping away from you and your body as you go through the summer. The itchy details coming up on Everything Under the Sun. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Everything Under the Sun, our fifth episode in our summer series. We hope you take this podcast with you to the beach, the pool, the campground, or the lake as we guide you through the summer. While the Atlantic Basin is quiet this weekend, as we turn the calendar to July, we are heading closer to the busiest parts of the hurricane season. AccuWeather's chief hurricane expert, Dan Kutlowski, joined Dean in episode one with the full forecast and a bit of an update in last week's episode. This weekend also marks one of the best stargazing opportunities with Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, and Venus all showing up in conjunction with each other. All the details can be found in Episode 2 with AccuWeather astronomy expert Brian Leda. And as for our farmers and those with agricultural interests, they may want to check out last week's episode, Episode 4, as Dean talks with the USDA and members of our forecasting team about this summer's growing season. Listen, download, and subscribe to Everything Under the Sun and all of AccuWeather's podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun as we get you ready for this Independence Day holiday weekend and the time beyond. Remember, in our opening segment, we'll talk about the Macy's fireworks and fireworks and life in New York City in general with our friends uh, Larry Mullins and Sonia Rincon. And then we checked in with our good friend Dr. E. Time to take a look at something that I've been thinking about a little bit, too. And we had a request in our mailbag. You can email us at accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we had a question, a couple of questions about uh, mosquitoes. I know here in the Northeast, where AccuWeather is based in Pennsylvania, we had a warm winter and an early surge to spring and summer. So the mosquitoes seem to be going uh, full force early here in Pennsylvania. How's it look for your neck of the woods? We're joined by David Price, Associated Certified Entomologist and Technical Director with Mosquito Joe and Neighborly Company. David, I've been itching to talk to you about this <laughs> for a few days. So first of all, 
Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got so enamored with mosquitoes. I've actually been in the uh, pest control industry for over 22 years. About nine years into that, I decided to take my education and hands-on experience and kind of put that together and submitted my experience in that education to the Entomological Society of America Board Certification Program. I passed the exam, but that was on structural pests and pests of medical importance. And then I started doing a lot of work with military installations, uh, the U.S. Coast Guard, various uh, government agencies, to include our nation's capital, uh, the complex with the House and the Senate um, in the U.S. Capitol uh, itself. I've always been uh, very concerned about uh, the diseases that a variety of insects vector, particularly mosquitoes and ticks. And certainly, uh, I think this is one of those things where I think a lot of us take for granted when we get to the summer situation about this topic, especially because of just what you talked about, the diseases that come to bear. I mean, we get hints of that every once in a while with certain diseases that kind of hit the radar with mosquitoes. And uh, we've had that in the last few years. But then when those stories go away, I think the general population just doesn't think about it too much until your area gets hit with an overabundance. And let's talk about that a little bit. Why do certain regions of the country seem to get more mosquitoes than others? I mean, as a meteorologist, I can probably give you some of my thoughts, but um, I want to hear from you. Seems to me it would be about moisture and humidity, maybe one of the two things that I would think about would have a, a bearing on that. Absolutely. It's all about temperature and the moisture equaling the relative humidity. Uh, So 50 degrees and above is really where they thrive. And actually there are some species that can go into uh, what's called diapause or where they'll slow down their metabolic system in an adult stage. And there are some that are in an egg stage that will do that. They'll slow their metabolism down enough to survive when those temperatures are under 50 degrees. But as soon as it's 50 degrees and above, they are very, very active. And of course, the warmer and wetter it is, the more prolific the mosquito population is. Probably, David, have to look every year at uh, how different parts of the country are reacting. I know here in the Northeast, where AccuWeather is located, and we had a very warm spring. And so I noticed mosquitoes a lot earlier in the Northeast than I was thinking. But then we had a cool down, you're right. It kind of took care of them for a week or two. But then it seemed like they were right back going as soon as it got to 50. So is that what you need to look at as you go in late spring, how the trends are going and then how the summer is going to go in terms of numbers? And maybe then you can dovetail from that answer into what are some of the areas like the Northeast, I'm seeing more this year already, they're going to have a bumper crop of skeeters. Yeah. So actually in February, I start to look at the weather patterns and forecasts uh, for the spring and the summer. And then I start relaying that information to all of our Mosquito Joe franchisees throughout the United States to really kind of gear up and understand what's what's about to happen. <laughs> um, and some of the areas, February is the beginning of mosquito season, such as the Southeast. They are actually projected for a slightly above average threat level. The Northeast is actually projected this year for an above average threat level. 
Uh, the Midwest is uh, forecasted for a slightly above average threat level. The Southwest is projected at slightly above average threat level. And the Northwest projected at above average threat level. And that is all related to the amount of moisture that's been transpiring really over the past couple of years. If you've looked at the trends, they've definitely, the temperature has been increasing by one to two degrees. There has been these warmer, wetter type winter months, particularly in the, uh, the Northeast and the Northwest, which is, again, causing that bumper crop of mosquitoes. It's kind of like any other crop. When you have long-term either surpluses or deficits, so if you're running a long-term drought and it's affecting the moisture, that may affect the number of mosquitoes. But cumulatively, if you've got long-term excess moisture and excess temperatures, then you can continue to increase that bumper crop till it's in pretty uh, bad shape. Now, you know, one thing that I think that you have kind of talked about to people in terms of Mosquito Joe and other things is PESP, the Pest Environmental Stewardship Program. It was uh, established by the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency. And how are you working within that? I I know... (laughs) my neighborhood, we got a swarm of honeybees. And, you know, back about 10, 15 years ago, I think the first inclination for all of us would have been to, oh, we got to kill those darn bees and just get them out of our hair. I mean, yes, there's uh, certainly bad things to uh, to mosquitoes, but as part of the environment, how do we be good stewards to something that isn't necessarily so good to us as humans? Yeah, absolutely. So Mosquito Joe, we recently joined this program and we were admitted, um, we had to submit a five-year strategic plan in which we created a variety of goals with a mindset that we would provide education. We would look at advancing technologies, I guess the education being for the consumer and uh, internally with our technicians. These advancing technologies are pretty interesting and really trying to help provide a better stewardship of the environment using mechanical traps, botanical oils, things that will not necessarily affect the pollinator population. Uh, However, still yield us the results that we need to protect us and our pets as well. It's a pretty aggressive program. About 365 organizations throughout the United States. And there are thousands and thousands of organizations that provide mosquito control or pest control throughout the United States. We're talking with David Price, Associated Certified Entomologist and Technical Director with Mosquito Joe. It's a neighborly company. And so we already know that most areas in the country are going to be above average uh, in terms of mosquitoes. Look, we're getting, uh, this is going to air as we get ready for the 4th of July holiday. There will probably be tons of outdoor picnics and uh, celebrations uh, as uh, socially responsible and distant as we can be, but mosquitoes don't know about that. Talk to me, David, if you're going to have a a soiree in your backyard with some people and you want to kind of make sure that they're going to have a good time and not be worrying about mosquitoes or other insects, what are some things, some strategies, or where can I go to get some strategies to get my backyard ready for that picnic or a day at the pool? Well, you could go to mosquitojoe.com where we provide a lot of education. There are some things that you're going to find on the website there, cleaning out the gutters where water accumulates. You might want to take a walk around the house and just make sure all the screens and doors are are in good repair. 
so that that way you can keep mosquitoes from entering. Also, walk around the yard and just check out where you might have some low-lying areas in your lawn. Fill those in so water doesn't accumulate. You know, if you have anything that could potentially collect water, you need to make a decision as to whether you want to keep it and store it in a dry location, or if you just want to go ahead and toss that. You know, long-term, it's all about water accumulation. A mosquito can breed in just a cap full of water. That's all they need. Uh, So that's what you've got to think about uh, as you walk your lawn and try to prepare yourself for a group of friends to come into your backyard. And one other little tip uh, that I'll give you, you know, while you have people there, you can just run a fan and that will also push them away. They do not like a lot of wind. They only fly at about a mile and a half per hour. They don't like the intense sun or heat. So they're always in the shady, cool, moist areas. So my grandma always told me that it was only female mosquitoes that bit me. Is that true, David? Yes, that is very true. The female requires a blood meal in order to fertilize the eggs. Uh, The males only serve one purpose, um, and then they die in about 10 days. Are they attracted to different blood types differently, or does it matter what blood type I have? (laughs) <laughs> no, it doesn't. They, uh, uh, they are not picky about blood types. They're attracted to the CO2 that we're exhaling, as well as the lactic acid that's in our sweat. Um, and that's what draws them to us. So that's maybe why the difference is in some people, because some people excrete or, or exude more of that than others. It's not necessarily your blood type. It's actually the pheromones you're probably putting off to the mosquito too, right? Um, Correct. And then the last thing are, are those bugs, I mean, they sound great. It gives you a good sense of security that you hear the zap going all the time. Are bug zappers effective? Yeah, they have a very limited range. And usually you're putting that bug zapper right where you're hanging out. Uh, You're just drawing them right to you. I mean, they will kill them if they go in the trap. But however, you're more preferred than the trap is. I yeah, I, I think I taste better than the trap. <laughs> Maybe you look a little bit better too, David. As you get ready yourself for Fourth uh, of July holiday, uh, what would you uh, tell your friends and neighbors yourself uh, as you get ready for this season in the next several months in terms of uh, how to combat these itchy friends of ours? Have them call Mosquito Joe. The uh, the barrier treatment sets it up very nicely. We not only do an application, it's, it's a process. So when we come onto the property, there's an inspection. We identify those breeding sources. We then provide a very environmentally friendly product to control those. We will also make recommendations, such as those that I had mentioned earlier. Then we will make a barrier application to protect those areas where you're hanging out Um, and where you may have your friends and family hanging out. David Price, Associated Certified Entomologist, Technical Director with Mosquito Joe, a neighborly company. David, thanks so much for spending time with us. Uh, We may check in with you again later in the summer and see if we have any updates and talk uh, uh, as well. Uh, This this problem doesn't go away quickly, and we still can get problems into the fall. And it looks like as we look at the lower 48, that warm weather continues past the normal summer and goes into the early part of fall. So, We may check in with you again. David, thank you so much. And thank you. I appreciate your time.
Thanks again to David Price from Mosquito Joe, a neighborly company. We'll be keeping track on the mosquito situation. I saw a mosquito yesterday. Honest to goodness, it was the size of my hand. It was it was huge. So, you know what else is huge? Making sure that you know how to plan for your summer getaway as we get into this holiday weekend. You can get your AccuWeather.com forecast 24 hours a day, seven days a week on your AccuWeather.com app. But to provide some context, that's what we do here on the weekend and forecast beyond. We'll welcome in Dave Samuel to Everything Under the Sun coming up next. Make AccuWeather Daily a part of your daily routine. Enable the flash briefing and say, Alexa, what's my flash briefing? To access this content on Google Assistant, all you have to say is, Hey Google, talk to AccuWeather Daily. You'll get the top trending weather story of the day, every day. And welcome back to Everything Under the Sun. I'm meteorologist Dean DeBoer. Fresh off his appearance last week when we were talking about the futures, uh, commodity situations in terms of growing season and yield and things. Uh, Dave Samuel, AccuWeather meteorologist, in, uh, joins me. Uh, Dave, I had a lot of good feedback about uh, last week's uh, talk. In fact, people can go back and listen to that. And uh, certainly as uh, you join me here in the segment that we always end everything under the sun as we go into this Independence Day holiday weekend. Lots of interesting weather. Looks like that heat and humidity is starting to bubble up and build again, trying to get back into the Great Lakes in the Northeast. I mean, they're baking in Chicago and uh, Michigan and into New York City will start to bake as we get later on the weekend, early next week. Summer is really pushing in those places. Yeah, July. I, we just updated our July temperature uh, departure mapper for the um, for the month um, earlier this week. And yeah, we just keep expanding the heat. It's it's hot from coast to coast. It looks like a, a core of the heat centered Midwest uh, towards the Ohio Valley. But like you said, it's going to get to the Northeast. It's going to affect a lot of places. So it uh, could be one of the hottest Julys we've had in quite some time and uh, we're certainly getting off to the uh, the right start if you want hot weather. So as we're doing this a little earlier than we normally do, we're dropping this down Thursday. People can take it with them Friday and into the holiday weekend. It looks like that push of heat, St. Louis, Chicago, uh, Detroit, uh, Pittsburgh into Pennsylvania, State College here where the global headquarters are, increasingly humid weather pushes towards New York City as we end the week here. Uh, looks like it still stays protected from that heat in the Boston and New England. And those areas will be right on a, a line here this week. That'll be interesting to watch. There's a little backdoor cool front as we get into the weekend itself that could keep New England a little bit cooler. But uh, do we see some showers and thunderstorms along that line, that kind of battle zone here as we get later in the weekend? Doesn't look like Chicago and Detroit. I mean, they look dry pretty much the whole weekend, but some sh- shower thunderstorm chances maybe from central Pennsylvania down through the mid-Atlantic. It looks like uh, could be something to keep an eye on here as we get into the holiday weekend. Yeah, Dean, I think you're right. That uh, backdoor front you're talking about looks like it will create some showers and storms uh, uh, near the east coast but further west ohio valley midwest uh you know i think we're starting a stretch of pretty dry weather and uh, that'll impact uh, folks but also the uh, corn crop it's very sensitive in july so we talked about that last week so that's been my main focus uh, today looking at the long range uh, data and commodities so corn prices are skyrocketing because people are seeing uh, this hot dry uh, stretch which certainly affects st louis and chicago and surrounding areas but like you said uh this cold front will trigger some showers and storms in the Northeast, I'd say, hey, take what you can get uh, with the rainfall. We'll probably be getting in on that hot, dry weather pattern uh, going forward. So any scattered storms should be good news. Obviously, you don't want it if you're uh, viewing fireworks, but it looks like it clears at least uh, New York, I think, Dean. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. I think Saturday uh, looking a little better than Friday. Friday could have some big storms with some hot weather right ahead of that front. 
Of course, uh, in New York City, they're not doing the big show this year. They've been okay. breaking up the Macy's fireworks uh, each night a little bit. We just talked about that at the beginning of the uh, podcast here. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm missing that event. Um, I'm telling you, oh, I'm no. depressed. Yeah, I'm, yeah it's, it's a little depressing. I, I hope, oh. hope we get it back. And and you know, fireworks have been something that some people haven't been real happy with, uh, especially in a lot of the urban areas because it's just been too much of late. Uh, w- one other thing, too much rain, downpours potentially here as we get into this weekend. Gulf Coast, Florida, Central Florida, northward towards Jacksonville could have some heavier, hefty downpours here as we go through the weekend. Yeah, it looks like there's going to be a little bit of an upper look kind of trapped under that ridge that's bringing all the heat and dry weather to the Midwest. So, um, yeah, it's kind of been the story down there with some heavy downpours. And uh, I think, you know, that continues. You're going to see a lot of heavy rain. Like you said, slow moving storms, not necessarily a severe weather threat, but a lot of heavy rain. And it's probably going to cause issues right through the holiday weekend with uh, downpours. But I guess the good news is Gulf Coast, uh, uh, very little, if any chance of any tropical development. But uh, we'll be watching things. You get an upper low near the Gulf Coast could uh, cause some funny business but it looks like it'll stay pretty close to the coast through the weekend. So uh, mostly just a heavy rain threat, like you alluded to. Yeah, that was a concern we had when we talked to Dan last week, that there was something that we would be watching uh, approaching the coast, possibly. It just didn't seem like it came together. The eastern Pacific has certainly been the the zone of of interest in terms of the tropics the last couple of, uh, the last week or so. A lot of that due to the Saharan dust that we talked so much about last week. Uh, But it does look like uh, we'll start to get a little more active uh, in the uh, the eastern uh, the the Atlantic basin. Speaking about West, I mean it's been dry, it's been warm, and it looks like that dryness continues. Um, cool at the coast, warm inland. Do uh, you see any big changes out west coming as we get into the early part of next week? Um, no, I think the the heat kind of bleeds westward a little bit. Uh, there's been a pretty persistent trough in the northwest, and uh, that's even brought some snow to Montana and Idaho mountains in recent days. That's not unheard of, but a little bit unusual this late in the year. So uh, heat will slowly build, but again. The uh, core of the heat's mostly, I think, east of the Rockies. And, you know, just as soon as we try to get a warm-up at the Pacific Northwest, the longer-range outlook is for another trough to move into uh, the Pacific Northwest next week. But I think that also helps fan the heat across much of the country. Southwest is going to be pretty hot. Uh, Los Angeles uh, towards Phoenix. So we're talking a couple of degrees above normal, so not exceptional heat. But uh, anything above average this time of year is quite hot. All right. A quick look at boat and beach weather uh, for the Great Lakes. A great weekend to try yeah. to get to the lake. Uh, um, you know, we do have abnormally high water levels continuing uh, in yeah. some of the Great Lakes, and that's been some problematic issues at some of the beaches. I know some of the uh, parks uh, have been flooded out. So I think, you know, the New England area, not the greatest beach weekend. I think Boston's best beach day may be Thursday, yeah. and then it looks like it picks up a little again on Sunday. Friday, Saturday, not the great greatest time. I think, uh, what, Jersey Shore, down through the Del Marva pretty good there but then it starts to go downhill again i think as we get into the end of the week of the weekend beach weather as you get down farther in the carolinas and towards florida yeah, like you said, I think some gusty winds, cool weather is going to be a problem in New England. So uh, that backdoor front, it's coolest weather, looks like it's in New England this weekend. Uh, will be a muted effect, I think, further south. So it might not be too bad, just a little bit of a cool down for the mid-Atlantic coast. But uh, maybe the wind kicks up a little bit too. But overall, not not certainly not a t- horrible weekend. It won't rain a lot. I mean, there will be scattered showers and storms. But across the Great Lakes, like you said, the water levels are high. But uh, the good news is with very light winds, there's just high pressure overhead. Uh, that should cut down on the flooding problems 
it seems like you get the worst flooding when you have like a strong west wind or, you know, wind in any direction to pile that water up on a shoreline. And um, I was actually in Michigan back in June and we had some high winds from Cristobal and caused a lot of flooding on the eastern shore of Lake Michigan. That was pretty wild. We even almost lost a boat, but um, it was it was quite the storm, but it's like the opposite of that now. It's sunny and hot for day after day, I think. Ideal conditions for visiting the Great Lakes through the holiday weekend. As I've mentioned before, Dave, Dave wears many hats around here, and one of them is astronomy, and this is a great weekend. Yeah. All It seems like every planet in the sky is around in the early mornings now, uh, yeah. with conjunctions, right? And then yep. there's a, an eclipse, a, a lunar eclipse on, on Saturday night as well. It looks like best viewing for that. Again, middle of the country, uh, Great Lakes down through St. Louis, and the western side of the country, too. Yeah, lunar eclipse. It's not a full lunar eclipse, so the moon will only dim slightly, but still pretty cool. It will be happening on the uh, night of uh, the 4th of July. So uh, I think a lot of people will be out and about. A lot of people will see it too, many places uh, with clear skies. And uh, you'll notice uh, as well, Jupiter will be very close to that full moon. Uh, Jupiter, uh, we're nearing the conjunction like you uh, mentioned, Dean. And that means Jupiter will basically be in the sky all night long. So it will be very close uh, to the full moon, basically uh, Saturday night. And again, Sunday night, it'll be very close to the moon. And Saturn's right next to Jupiter too. Normally Saturn's a planet that's much brighter than the surrounding stars, but it just looks a little dimmer because it's right next to Jupiter, but right. hey, you can uh, get the binoculars out and uh, see the rings of Saturn and some moons around Jupiter uh, basically any night, no, not just this weekend, but through the rest of the summer, they'll be out all night long. I always look a little dimmer standing beside you too, Dave. <laughs> not sure about that one. Star Dave Samuel from our long range team and many other hats. Thanks for joining us and talking about the weekend and beyond here on Everything Under the Sun. All right. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Friends, that'll do it. Wow, that was a lot. All jam-packed into one episode. We made it a little longer this week because we know that your drive or your travel to wherever you're going for this holiday season may be a little bit longer. Coming up next week, you know, we think a lot about some of the big ticket items when it comes to weather and the potential for uh, problems and fatalities. But sometimes we don't even think about the one that we see most every day, and that's lightning. Across the United States, Dr. Lightning will join us to talk about that. Get you ready for the second full weekend of July. And as we head towards the second half of summer, we'll start to take a look at some of the fall forecast thoughts as we get ready for whatever comes our way. I want to thank Ken Prell, Andrew Robb, and all of the folks behind the scenes at AccuWeather.com who certainly helped put this podcast together. We're getting uh, some great response, and we thank you for your Uh, Your notes and your suggestions and your questions. We'll get into uh, maybe a question and answer session coming if you've got some questions. You can send those to accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com, accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com. Once again, proudly representing the hundreds of AccuWeather team members that work so hard every day to keep you informed and prepared and ready to meet whatever the weather's challenges give you. We'll keep you up to date and informed. For all of us at AccuWeather.com, have a safe and blessed Independence Day holiday weekend, and we'll talk to you next week for Episode 6 of Everything Under the Sun, our summer series. I'm Dee DeVore. Be safe and well. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. 
That's stamps.com code program.